Hey guys, Pastor Scott here, day 11, day 11, and uh, we're in our reading today in Joshua chapter 2, and we'll also be in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 5, and uh, today what we're going to do is we're going to begin a journey of looking at those women in that genealogy uh, there in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 5. Um, the title of today's reading out of our book, our Christmas Advent reading, is called The Savior of the World and Rahab. The Savior of the World and Rahab. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read, the author of our book encourages us to read Joshua chapter 2. So I'll read Joshua 2, and then we'll read Matthew chapter 1 and verse 5. So here we go. Hope you have your Bibles. If not, you can listen. Uh, come back and get it later. All right. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men as spies secretly from Shittim, Shittim, saying, Go view the land, especially Jericho. So that they went and came into the house of a harlot, whose name was Rahab, and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, men from the sons of Israel have come here tonight to search out the land. And the king of Jericho sent word to Rahab, saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who have entered your house, for they have come to search out all the land. Verse four, but the woman had taken the two men and hidden them and said, and she said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they were from. And it came about when it was time to shut the gate at dark that the men went out. I do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly for you will overtake them. But she had brought them up into the roof and had hidden them in the stalks of flax, uh, which she had laid in order um, on the roof. So the men pursued them on the road to the Jordan to the fords. And as soon as those who were pursuing them had gone out, they shut the gate. And now they're, uh, verse 8, now before they lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord, notice that capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's, that's going to be verse 9, has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us and that all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. For we have heard, love that part, how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea, the, the, the testimony of our God before you, uh, even when you came out of Egypt and you did to the two kings of the Amorites were beyond the Jordan and Sion of Og and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And when we heard it, again, the testimony, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. Now, therefore, please, now listen to this verse 12. Now, therefore, please swear me to, to me by the Lord, since I have dealt kindly with you, that you also will deal kindly with my father's household and give me a pledge of truth and spare my father and my mother and my brothers and my sisters and all who belong to them. See how, de how detailed she was and deliver our lives from death. So the men said to her, our life for yours is if you do not tell this business of ours. And it shall come about that when the Lord gives us the land that we will deal kindly and faithfully with you. Verse 15, here's the promise. Then she let them down by the rope through the window for her house was, only, was on the city wall so that she was living on the wall. 
And she said to them, Go to the hill country, lest the pursuers happen upon you, and hide yourselves there for three days until the pursuers return, and then afterward you may go on your way. And the men said to her, We shall be free from this oath to which you have made us swear, unless when we come into the land you tie this cord of scarlet thread, you ought to underline that in your Bible, in the window through which you let us down and gather to yourself into the house of your father and your mother and your brothers and all your father's household. And it shall come about that anyone who goes out the doors of your house into the street, his blood shall be on his head and we shall be free. But anyone who is with you in the house, his blood shall be on our head if a hand is laid on him. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be free from the oath, from the oath which you have made us swear. And she, verse 21, Rahab, and she said, according to your words, so be it. So she went them away and they departed and she tied the scarlet cord in the window and they departed and came to the hill country and remained there for three days until the pursuers returned. Now the pursuers had sought them all along the road, but had not found them. Then the two men returned and came down from the hill country and crossed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun. And they related to him all that had happened to them. And they said to Joshua, surely the Lord, Yahweh, surely the Lord has given all the land into our hands and all the inhabitants of the land, moreover, have melted away before us. So that's Joshua chapter two. That's one of our readings. And then also Matthew chapter one. Now remember, that's the genealogy that's found there. It's of Joseph's genealogy. And it says, and Salmon, the father of Boaz, which was by Rahab. That's Matthew chapter one and verse five. So the title of this is Don't Forget the Land. For the people of Israel, the most tangible part of God's covenant with them was that he would give them the promised land. It's really cool for us to look back on how all of this played out because we usually don't think much of, our, much of the land. After all, we don't live in Israel and most of us don't ever plan to. But for the Jewish people, this meant everything to them. In reality, if, if we don't keep the promise of the land in mind, we will miss out on a lot of what the Old Testament is about. Today, we will talk about the events that take place in the book of Joshua. So let's do a quick summary to get us up to this point in history. Remember that when God made his promise to Abraham, he told him that his people would be slaves in a land not their, not their own for 400 years. And afterward, God would bring them back to possess their own land. This is exactly what happened. They went down as sojourners to Egypt. And then when a new Pharaoh came on the scene, he put them in slavery. Moses then rises up as their deliverer, and God brings them out with great possessions to wander the wilderness for 40 years. And during this time, God gives them victory over everyone that opposes them, which will bring us up to this part of the book of Joshua. The faith of a pagan. The first city of the promised land that they face is Jericho. This is a city surrounded by walls that seem impenetrable to the people of Israel. So Joshua sends the two men to spy out the land. This is where we first meet up with Rahab. Now, Rahab is not a godly woman. Not only is she living in a sinful environment, but she is a very sinful, she, she's, 
but she has a very sinful profession. She makes her living sinning against God's design for marriage. In other words, she is an unlikely convert, but look at what she does. She risks her neck to save these foreigners. Why would she do that? It's because she has heard all about the God of the Jews. Let's look back on God's word in Joshua chapter two. Watch what it says between verses 18 and verse 13, or verse eight and verse 13. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land. See, that was that capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Big deal. And that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you went and came out of Egypt and what you did to those two kings of the Amorites. See how, how word travels uh, the testimony of our God. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted and there was no spirit left in any man because of you for the Lord your God. There it is again. He is, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that as I have dealt kindly with you, you also will deal kindly with my father's house. And then what we see, Rahab is confessing Yahweh. If I'm, I know there's different pronouncements there. I'm going with Yahweh and putting her faith in him. This is amazing. Not at all what these spies were expecting. She knows that God of the Jews is the creator of God of the universe. She is exercising her faith by protecting these spies. What a cool conversion story. And then the walls came tumbling down. You are probably familiar with the rest of the story. God gives them an unprecedented, miraculous victory where, his, where he displays his power. The children of Israel are victorious and the, Jer and the Jericho walls fall, but not all of it. There is one room in the city wall that is kept safe. In God's amazing providence, the whole wall falls down. But Rahab and her family, they survive unharmed. It's really cool because at the time of the writing of the book of Joshua, the original readers would have still known Rahab. In chapter 6 of verse 25, it says, she has lived in Israel to this day. That's pretty cool. How cool is that? Judgment and salvation. If there were, if this were the end, it would still be such an amazing story. God is finally fulfilling the promise that he gave to the Israelites. He told Abraham that his people would come back into the land and it was happening. Not only are we seeing this, the expansion of the kingdom geographically, but we are seeing the expansion of the kingdom spiritually. Love that part. We are getting to see a glimpse at how God is going to bless the whole world through Abraham by including the Gentiles, most of us. And we, we are again seeing God's grace and justice together, just like God gave a promise in the middle of a curse way back in Genesis 3. Remember, December the 1st, now, now he is exercising justice against sinners while extending favor to his people which now include Rahab's family. That's, that's the cool stuff. But then it gets even better. After her introduction here in Joshua, we do not see Rahab again until Matthew chapter one and verse five, where she is mentioned in the line of Jesus. She's mentioned in that genealogy. 
How crazy is that? God redeems this sinful woman, not just to save her from the destruction of Jericho, but listen to this, y'all, but to appoint her to be a part of the plan of salvation to the whole world. So let's reflect. When we look at all the people mentioned in the line of Jesus, we should be blown away by God's grace. God's grace. It would be easy to think that God should use the best of the best, that, that he would only choose perfect people to do his work. But that is just not the way that God operates. Rahab was a sinful woman, making her living in a sinful profession. Yet, and there's the big yet, God chose her to play a part only she could play in his plan to bring salvation. So today, we should pause and we pause and meditate on how amazing God is to orchestrate all of this to accomplish what? His work in the world. If he could use Rahab, then he can easily use us. We just need to put our faith in him. Let's place our faith in him, uh, especially during this Christmas season. But man, guys, our faith, we should, we, we should, um, we should place our faith in him and then our faith, we should continue to grow in him. Uh, so I hope that's what you're doing. I hope you're enjoying this. Day 11. We're only 11, 11 days in. And remember, we go to day 20 before we ever come out of the Old Testament. Uh, just looking at how my God and your God is at work weaving, uh, weaving that thread through that of God's Word. We see Jesus on December the 25th, the one wrapped in his swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Hope you all have a blessed day. And we'll see you tomorrow.